Hello and welcome to Lawyer-ish, a podcast for the people. Lawyer-ish is a safe space to learn, grow, inspire, be inspired, and explore everything from current events, law, and politics to sex, love, entrepreneurship, and wellness. Come along and join us on this fantastic voyage. I'm Brandon J. Wallace, Esquire, and I'll be your captain. It's a whole vibe over here. This podcast is brought to you by Apex Group, where aptitude meets excellence. Let's jump right into current events. All right. Well, if you've been watching the news this week, then you know uh, that there was a Supreme Court case uh, that was heard uh, earlier this week regarding women's health and women's right to abortion and uh, the rights of unborn children. Right. Uh, That is Mississippi Department of Health versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization. This case uh, deals with a law that was passed in the state of Mississippi that has made it all the way up to the Supreme Court for arguments. We actually expect the Supreme Court to make a decision sometime this summer about whether or not uh, the law that was passed in Mississippi, which banned abortions after 15 weeks, is actually constitutional. And from the looks of it, uh, people are really, all the commentators are really thinking that this is the time, this is uh, uh, the time that a sea change is about to happen in our country regarding this, uh, particularly with this case, right? The the belief is uh, that the court will likely overturn or substantially change Roe versus Wade, a law that was passed many years ago, about 50 or so years ago, uh, that guaranteed a woman's right to an abortion. And ever since that law, that case uh, was decided, uh, state legislators, state legislatures across the country have been passing laws, um, have been doing their best to chip away at a woman's right to choose uh, whether or not to to have a child. Um, you know, and I have personally struggled with this a little bit. I think abortions are a difficult topic, and I have a tough time sort of uh, navigating this, mainly because I can't have a child. Right? <laughs> I don't get pregnant. I can't get pregnant. And I think for me to try to uh, dictate to someone else what they want to do with their body, uh, especially uh, something like this, right, um, where, you know, pregnancy is a difficult thing, um, from my understanding, right? To carry a child inside of you, growing being inside of you is a tremendous undertaking. And I think those decisions uh, really should be made by a woman and her doctor. And I don't think the government really should have a place, have a role in it. But the other side of this is the argument uh, that others make is uh, we have a duty to protect um, the life of an unborn child. And uh, we hear the we hear these ar- arguments often. And I think at some point it has been compelling for lots of people um, that the government it is the government's job to protect uh, the sanctity of life is what the argument is. And I, that is somewhat compelling. I can see that being. Um, convincing and compelling uh, to some. I where I'm challenged is I just uh, what we see in our country is that we care for these uh, unborn children. We care for the sanctity of life uh, of of children, innocent babies, as they would as people would argue. But that concern seems to be so fleeting, 
right? We see after children are born, um, the our our urge or need to protect children diminishes. It seems um, we don't want a welfare welfare state. We have a tough time uh, providing health care for them. That everything is a struggle, right? Uh, we don't want to have resources, right? Don't want to spend the money for. For their basic needs, um, and so I ch I am challenged uh, when I hear people say we have to protect the um, the unborn children, and those same people don't talk about protecting the mother. In fact, what we see is uh, aggression towards women, uh, aggression towards uh, their rights to be whole and healthy and happy and to decide their futures. And I'm challenged by that. Uh, and usually what we see, it's what's what I find even most challenging, it is that uh, men without uh, any medical background, um, no ability to carry or birth a child, are the ones who are making these decisions or trying to make these decisions on behalf of women. So I've given it some thought. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, for those for those who care so much about these uh, unborn babies and really want uh, women to have um, uh, you know these babies full term and deliver, I think what we should do is we should remove the fetus and implant it <laughs> into a man who wants to carry the child, right? Or who wants to make sure that this child stays alive. I think they should be responsible for uh, for carrying the child full term. And then we can, you know, we can have a C-section. I think that's how we resolve this, right? If the woman doesn't want to be pregnant, then let, let a man who wants to make rules about how a woman's body works, uh, let him make, let him carry the child full term and see how that goes. I think also in the alternative, while we're thinking about, uh, we only think about abortions um, all on the side of the woman, right? Not, you know, we sort of completely, uh, obfus, ob, uh, we completely eliminate the man's uh, role in pregnancy. So why don't we, why don't we regulate men, right? Why don't we regulate men in their ejaculations, right? Why don't we do, um, why don't we s snip and tuck these men? <laughs> why don't we do that? Um, I, it's, it seems to me that if we'd want to avoid uh, unwanted pregnancies, there are two ways that we can address it. One, by limiting access to abortion um, and contraception, but then we can also address the man's role in it and uh, legislate around that. That's just my two cents. All right, well, now it is time for Lawyer-ish. You know what it is. Well, maybe you don't. <laughs> but this is gonna be the opportunity that I take to uh, talk about being a lawyer. What is it like? Uh, what does it feel like? What do I do? Um, and eventually, I and mean, over time, we will talk to other lawyers who have specific uh, fields of practice and we'll talk to them and we'll ask them questions and uh, we will have panel discussions even where we'll take your legal questions and try to give some guidance, not legal advice. Um, and, and so this will be a very interesting space. This is lawyer-ish. Um, so 
I think what I'll do today is just kind of, many of you know that I am an attorney, a practicing attorney. I'm licensed here in Washington, D.C. And I'm a transactional uh, lawyer. I, I'm a general practitioner, but I work uh, specifically with uh, small businesses and churches and nonprofits um, and individuals who have um, particular needs, right, involving transactions, right? So selling things or buying things or uh, real estate and the like, right? Apex Legal, where we are electric. If you've seen the commercial, then you know that electric is a, the acronym that I work from and everything from entertainment law to uh, landlord-tenant to entity formation and estate planning, uh, copyright, trademarks, real estate, in-house counsel, and contracts of all kind. Um, and so that's a lot. That is a, a lot uh, to do, uh, but that is the nature of being um, a transactional lawyer and a solo practitioner. Um, and so, uh, you know, again, this will be the opportunity uh, to answer questions and to, to discuss legal topics uh, uh, that are important to people in their everyday lives. I frequently get asked um, about some of the, the things that I do um, you know, from landlord-tenant disputes and uh, lots and lots of contracts. I read, review, and, and write contracts for people and ensure that uh, the meeting of the minds is, is clear uh, and on paper. Um, and so I've always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and uh, I think initially... Uh, my inspiration came from my uh, third grade teacher, Miss Terry, um, in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, she established this uh, kids' court. So when kids got in trouble, um, there was a court. She was the judge, uh, students were jurors, uh, and there were attorneys uh, who both prosecuted and defended. The, the students, uh, the student who was in trouble. And from that moment on, I think I always wanted to be a lawyer. I also used to watch the practice with my lawyer, with my mother. And that was something that, that, um, that inspired me as well. I wanted to be like a lawyer, like on the television. Um, and so I've always wanted to be uh, a lawyer and, um, and it took me a while to actually realize that dream. I knew that after undergrad, I actually was not ready to go to law school. I didn't want to go to law school. And so I went into the workforce and eventually uh, decided to go back to school and pick up on this dream of going to law school. And here I am. And so it takes a really long time to be a lawyer, right? You've got to do uh, the undergrad work. Uh, then um, there is actual law school, uh, which is at least three years generally. Uh, and then there is the bar exam. Um, which you have to take in order to be licensed to practice. You have to pass to be, to be licensed to practice. If you don't know about the bar exam, it's a two-day exam. Um, and I think probably, what, six hours each day. There's three hours during the day and then three hours in the afternoon, in the morning and then in the after afternoon. The first day is all multiple choice questions. Uh, and then the second day is essays. Uh, short answer, short answer, and essays on the second day. Um, so, um, 
it takes a lot to, to be a lawyer, and it's not fun. It is the practice of law, and, um, and you have different lawyers who practice different types of law, uh, from criminal law, which we see a lot on television, uh, to, to acquisitions and mergers and business, uh, which we see a lot of as well. Uh, but they're all different types of lawyers, from immigration lawyers and, um, and the like, right? Constitutional lawyers, there's professors. So there's lots to do, lots to do in the field of law, and lots of different lawyers are doing lots of different things. We'll talk to some of them. Looking forward to it. Family lawyers and uh, other general practitioners and uh, employment lawyers uh, and the like. So. Um, so I guess I'm being asked now to share uh, some of my best and worst experiences. I would say one of the best experiences I, I ever had was uh, working with a nonprofit client, a client, a private club. They were trying to sell their property and, um, it was a TOPA issue, and TOPA here in D.C. is the Tenant Opportunity to Purchase Act. So the the Tenant Opportunity to Purchase Act allows tenants to purchase their uh, the property in which they reside, uh, gives them the first the right of first refusal, which means they have an opportunity to purchase the property and stay in their homes rather than uh, it being sold to some developer or someone else uh, first. There are exceptions to this rule, um, and the tenants don't have to purchase. They just have to be given an opportunity to purchase. And so that requires notices to be sent and posted and records to be kept, uh, that these things must happen. And so this particular client, um, before they got uh, a lawyer, they did not follow the appropriate steps for their category of housing providers, right? And so because of that, they were unable to sell their property and there was other people who got involved um, trying to take advantage of them. And as their attorney, it was my job to, uh, to protect their interests and to get this property sold. And um, it was quite an accomplishment because <laughs> it was my threatening email to another developer I won't say threatening. That's not the right word to say, right? <laughs> it was my hmm, very assertive uh, email, very strongly worded email to an outside developer that uh, quashed the matter. And I shared with him that if he stood in the way of this deal, which had been delayed for two or three years now, uh, been two years in the making, that if he stood in the way of us closing this deal, um, that I would personally uh, gather all the partners, uh, all the membership of the organization, their partnering organizations, their wives, <laughs> their loved ones, and our friends. And then we would show up at every uh, zoning hearing, every application that he ever submitted, we would be there, we would be picketing, we would be uh, letting people know, we would call them the news media, we would let them know uh, what kind of dealer this guy was. And if he stood in the way of this 100-year-old organization, um, uh, community service-based organization, if he got in the way of that, then we would make life hell for him. And I meant that. 
Um, I told him that we would be at every zoning hearing, every council hearing, every deal that he ever did, he would find us there objecting um, to his efforts. And I meant that. Uh, <laughs> and so this strongly worded email, and he was wrong on the, on, the, on the law, by the way. He was just wrong, all the way wrong. He was sadly mistaken. Um, and so because of that strongly worded email, he decided very wisely to rescind his objection and the deal was able to go through. Uh, and that was a multi-million dollar deal. Uh, and so we really, that was one of my uh, proudest moments. I always like, um, I like when the good guy wins. Um, and so these guys were really uh, a great organization doing great work. And um, this was a big challenge for them and they've been trying to sell this property for a couple of years. And so it was my honor to help uh, facilitate that. So. That's lawyer-ish. That's what I have today. We'll be taking questions. And so if you've got legal questions, and we've got answers. Uh, and we will bring in people to talk about certain things that are important to you and important to them. We'll learn about their uh, practice of law and some of their experiences about uh, what has inspired them and some of their worst experiences and best accomplishments and thoughts on the future of law. Can't wait to get into this more. And... Uh, and learn what people have to say and, and, and understand what people need to know. Wellness is a journey. And so we will take time on this podcast to always do a wellness check. This is a space uh, for us to discuss and prioritize our wellness, right? A little bit of self-care in a very challenging world. And as the year ends and holiday season is upon us, this can be a very difficult time. Stress levels are high. Um, there's a lot of grief as we miss our loved ones. And remember, good times and bad. Um, this time of year can be a challenge. And so it's critically important that we uh, take care of ourselves, that we mind our wellness. And so today, I want to encourage you, um, when you feel anxious, when you feel afraid, um, to first recognize it, right? Be able to sense when your body is experiencing trauma or reliving trauma. Be able to, to feel it, to feel that your energy's off. We have to be able to Recognize, first recognize it. Um, two, I find it always helpful to name it, right? This is anxiety, I feel anxious about this, or I'm feeling afraid, or I'm feeling overwhelmed, or I'm feeling stressed out because of this or that. Being able to name it allows us to wrap our brain around it. And then finally, we have to take some sort of action, right? It's not enough just to recognize uh, and name what you're feeling. Uh, it's important to take some sort of action, right? Whether that is uh, getting in a workout or just taking a break and watching a movie, um, prioritizing self-care uh, or meditating. That's one of the things I really enjoy doing. Um, or praying or reading the Bible or reading some spiritual texts, uh, feeding your spirit. 
It's so important to take an action that's going to uplift you. I had a call today from a friend of mine who uh, is experiencing challenges. And one of the things that he did was he called people that were important to him um, and he asked them, what's one, what's the one thing that you think of when you think about me? And it was such a wonderful exercise. I was so proud of him for, for taking such a courageous, such courageous action. And I was able to share with him that he's a dependable friend and someone who I can always count on. And just imagine how he felt afterwards as he talked to people who, who he loves and who loves him. Uh, and they were able to pour into him. He fed his spirit. He took an action. And I think that's huge. And so I encourage you to take some action today. Do what needs to be done for you. This is your wellness check. Be well, my friends. Next, we have Andrea Lofton, our founder and chief executive of Bougie Body, a natural body care line. This business is based in Memphis, Tennessee, but servicing the nation. Uh, you can get everything from body butter and body oils to beard oils, soap, uh, croc charms, and bath soaps. Um, it's a wonderful business. Everything is handmade with love. Andrea Lofton, thank you for being here. Welcome to Lawyer-ish. We're so glad to have you today. <laughs> How you feeling? How you doing, friend? I am doing wonderful. Come on, Lawyer-ish. I love you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Um, you know, this Lawyer-ish, a podcast for the people. You've been a real big part of this and as part of... Um, uh, one of our first guests, I think I'm just so honored to just like talk to you because you know I'm so I'm super proud of you. You are the ish, okay? <laughs> you know how I feel about you. <laughs> We've been friends since high school, um, and uh, we just have been on a journey together and continue to be so. And so I'm just so happy. I'm so proud of you, and I'm just so glad that you're here. Thank you. Welcome. Okay. You know no, don't do this. <laughs> no, I'm kind of getting teary night too. <laughs> but no, we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it light and airy. I just, you know, I'm excited, right? You are. Uh, you've been in business now for like six months. You are rocking and rolling. This actually, you've been in business longer, right, than six months. But you've been doing it. You like quit your job and like you really jumped full on into it and have been doing this for like six months. And it's, I feel like that is just such an inspiration. Um, I'm just so proud of you. you. You're doing the daggone thing, okay? And I want you to, you know, keep keep rocking it out. Uh, so y'all go support my friend, okay? <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much. Listen, so why don't you tell us, first of all, what is a licensed esthetician? I, I don't know how to spell it. I don't know what that is other than, you know, <laughs> what you, what I learned from you. You're the only reason why I know that. So why don't you tell the people what a, a licensed esthetician is? Okay, so um, I like to refer to myself as the extraction doctor, um, but I am a beautifier. Okay. For the people who are having um, any type of skin issues, you can come to me and we will work through a plan. We have products that will get your skin clear. I love to extract hairs, uh, ingrown hairs. I do blackhead extractions. And I wax as well. Okay. Oh, literally. So, <laughs> but it, it 
can do multiple things, but my specialty right now are waxing and facials. Waxing and did you say facials? facials? Okay. So when you do a facial, right? Yeah. Or wax, right? <laughs> First of all, we're going to talk about waxing, but I want to okay. <laughs> want to get to that My a little favorite. bit later. <laughs> but I think um, there's like this craze, right? Or not craze? There's this like thing going on where people love to see, um, you know, extractions, right? And that's when you're like taking the tweezers and you're popping mm -hmm. bumps and you're yep. pulling out hairs. What do you What do you think that's about? Why do you, Why do you think people are so um, engaged by that? Or actually, maybe a better question is, why are you so engaged, Robert? <laughs> is I really? It's a It's weird for one. I don't know. I can't really explain it, but just the way that the body works. For me, it's like, wow, because it's really just dirt and it's oils and then it builds up and it, it sticks under the skin until somebody goes to get it, either me or a dermatologist if it's really bad. So I really don't know why it's, it's really gross, but I enjoy it. Yeah, like, I think one of my, my grandmother loves it. She finds it really relaxing and she will do it all day. She's like, <laughs> she... <laughs> <laughs> I think her and my I got a cousin who loves to do that and I think my sister does too and I, I mean for me I got I don't know I can't really <laughs> I mean I get a little queasy <laughs> no, it's just it's a fascination for me um, because I don't know like some people have cysts and all types of things living there it's really like I said just dirt and oil and so once you know you finally are able to pop it or however you get it removed it's just all the stuff that comes out it's really cool to see and probably good for the skin actually as well right to get get rid of that um okay so let's talk about waxing uh that's Please. your other <laughs> that's <My> your <laughs> that's your other specialty right um uh i mean how is that right like have you <laughs> I, I, this is the question I'm going to ask. Let's see where we go with this. What was, <laughs> what is like the craziest experience that you've had while waxing? Because you wax everything, like body parts, private parts, like you wax it all. What is like the weirdest thing that you experienced uh, while, you know, while waxing or during a wax? Unfortunately, <laughs> I had someone that was a little poopy <laughs> so, did you say poopy yeah. <laughs> oh you gotta give me some details on, on that <laughs> you gotta tell me about that what what happened <laughs> so if i if i could just give a little backstory okay when i was in aesthetic school we learned to wax and immediately I was like, yeah, this is not my area. I'm okay. good. I don't need to see anybody's vagina. I don't need to wax it. I'm fine. Um, as far as, I guess, private areas, I, underarms and legs, I was okay with it. But waxing below the waist, I really didn't care for that. I was like, I'm okay. Once I moved into a salon, people aren't really looking for facials and things like that. It's not the number one thing. They want to be smooth and they want to be so I had to get into it. Hmm. So people ask me, you know, have you ever had anybody with, you know, poop or do anybody smell bad? And I'm like, no. And lo and behold, I did have someone that was poopy and I'm sure she was embarrassed. 
and I was embarrassed for her. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you do? Like, okay, so you're waxing. Were you waxing the front and the back that that time? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you had already waxed the front. Correct. And okay. So, so now they turn over. <laughs> well, they, my clients lift their legs. So. Oh, just, okay. So they're still on their back and they lift the legs up, like kind of like missionary style. Correct. Okay. <laughs> so, wait, wait. So, what'd you say? You're breaking up a little bit. Say it again. I said I'm very thorough. Okay. So I will have a client like put their leg on my back, like while oh. I'm leaning. So I'm there. I mean, I'm basically, <laughs> and I don't want to discredit OBGYNs, but I'm an OBGYN without a license. So <laughs> okay. like, I, I, a degree, I'm literally like down there. And so. When she lifted, and you have to, once they lift their legs, you kind of hold one butt cheek. <laughs> and I was noticing, I said, oh, no. And <laughs> there was really, I mean, there was a family member in there with her. So she ended up actually, you know, taking care of the, the cleanup. Who, the family member did? Yes, she did. Girl. Uh... <laughs> I, I really didn't know what to say. Um, there, the, there was, there was not really a lot for me to say. It was just a look on my face and, and, and the family member was like, what's good? What? And I just couldn't say anything. I was just looking, like looking at her and then looking down and like, come help me, please. Like, I don't know what to say. I didn't even know how to verbalize. So, Yikes. <laughs> have, you know, I had baby wipes. So she just got the baby wipes and she cleaned and. Yeah. Did you actually finish waxing her? Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I hope I hope she gave you a tip. Uh <laughs> I don't remember. Um her family member is a client of mine, a wonderful client that I love dearly. <laughs> so she probably did. I don't remember, but um yeah. It was yeah. I think she had paid in advance or something, but Well that's good. <laughs> So, folks, make sure you wash your ass before you go get waxed. Please take a shower or just get a feminine wipe or something. Something. Hook it up, please, yeah, so please. that we can avoid that kind of interaction. That does, uh, yeah. or, or not. And then you can come on the show and tell us about it again. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. Wow. Okay, let's get back to business, though. <laughs> okay. Tell us why you started Bougie Body. How did you come up with it? Why did you? How did you get to this space? Like, like, I don't know that. Right. Like I said, I'd never even heard an esthetician before. Right. But you could be an esthetician without starting Bougie Body. Right. You you could just do waxes and um, and pull hairs. But you started this company. You create body butters. Uh, you've got body oils. You got beard oil, which I use, by the way. Thank you. I'm a, I'm a client, a long-term client, uh, and you keep my beard uh, giving beard, and I appreciate that. <laughs> so tell us though, how did you start? How did you get to uh, creating Bougie Body? It was an accident. Mm. Uh, it was never intended to be a business. Mm. I. Yeah started making body butter because I had a, a friend in the city school 
Ooh, I bought Body Butter Frame. Wait, I'm sorry. In what school? What did you say? Aesthetic school. A aesthetics school. Okay, got it. Okay, thank you for that. And I had uh, a friend that was making it, and she ended up passing away. Hmm. So I just decided to try to make it just for myself because body lotion just wasn't doing it for me. And I bought one small jar of fragrance oil. I made it. I was proud of myself. I posted it on Facebook. And the rest is history. People started asking how could they purchase it. So I had to very quickly find um, packaging, get a website together, hmm. oils. And then here we are. Well, <laughs> yeah, almost two. You said, say that again? A year later. Almost two. A year later and almost two. Coming up on two years, your two-year anniversary. Um, that's huge. Uh, and congratulations, by the way. That is huge. What a wonderful story. I love the fact that, um, really, I mean, it's like the people, right? <laughs> you created Bougie Body uh, because the people. Yeah, for the people, and I, I appreciate that. Um, tell us about like some of your challenges. What's the what should what would you say to somebody who is, you know, maybe just starting a business or thinking about starting a business? What what would be like? What what would you say to them? Like, what would you, you know, what, talk about maybe like your challenges even right or your the biggest challenge or you know that sort of thing? Because you know, I, I ask that because. Um, you know, we see a lot of people like starting businesses. Um, and I think most people think that you just start a business and then you're rich, right? It just, you know, you become baller and everything is peachy keen. It's all about like, oh, you get to make your own schedule. You get to sleep all day or, <laughs> or whatever the case may be. But we don't often hear about the struggle, um, and the challenges. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I could share some about mine as well. And I will as time goes on. Um, but I'm interested to know what, from your perspective, what has been, uh, what are, what are, what has been like your greatest challenge? The very first thing I would say is do not compare yourself to others. Mm, that's good. I've done that several occasions. I still find myself doing that and I have to mm. grab myself and say, Hey, you know, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know how long it's taken them. And most of the people that I see, they've been in business longer than I. And so I can't compare, you know, five years to my two years or a year and a half or whatever. So number one thing, don't compare yourself. Your only competition is you. Mm. There is no, you know, everybody has their own life. You'll get there when you get there. Um, if you work a nine to five, Use that nine to five to fund your dreams. Mm -hmm. I totally feel like God was like, okay, go. And I was like, wait, sir, hold on real quick because you took me too fast. But it's been, I really didn't, you know, I didn't have like a, a big wad of money saved. And I'm just, but I'm a firm believer in God. He does keep me. And every time I feel like, you know, well, how am I going to do this? He shows up. And so, it's like, okay, well, so if you have faith, this should be number one. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Because you need it. You're going to really kind of have to have it to, to, you to do have this. To. Yeah. And if you're not in God, have faith in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's real. 
that is real. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's huge. And I think um, the 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 challenge to not compare our lives to others, right, or to not compare our space to others can be a difficult one, right? Like, especially as, um, you know, we can be really hard on ourselves, right? Especially as we get older, it's like, oh, you know, and I have to, I challenge myself to, to not do that as well, because it's like, oh my goodness, these people, somebody's, they're, they're married, they got kids, and they got money, and this and that, and I'm struggling, or I'm this, and I'm, you know, single, uh, right. <laughs> or I'm ugly, right? It's like all those things. <laughs> if I'm ugly, say that. <laughs> Just say that, right? Uh, so, no, and I, and I think that's a, that's a thing that that we have to guard against, right? As entrepreneurs, um, you know, every business is different. And like I said, what we often see is we see the successes, but we don't post our struggles online. You don't see those uh, on Instagram stories, right? You don't see the time where, you know, you got $5 in your account or <laughs> or the phones are dry and you don't know where the next meal is coming from or the next, you know, client is coming from. Um, we don't we don't get to see that, right? What we see is uh, the busyness. We see the good times, right? We see the being able to work from home. And so it's, obviously there are great benefits to to uh, running your own business, um, but there are lots and lots of challenges too. And so um, I think, you know, not comparing yourself helps us to, to sort of contain that, right? Contain some of the anxiety, contain some of the fear, um, contain, contain some of the like, uh, attacks of depression right it could be really this is like this is this is real out here right like <laughs> um and so uh we have a tendency to kind of like build beat up on ourselves too uh and so when we i think i think you're spot on when you say one of the ways to to fight against that is to just not compare yourself to others sort of realizing that our journey is just that it's our own um and owning that and what that looks like um so thank you for that. I'm gonna, we're going to wrap this up quickly in a few minutes here. Not, not quickly because I can talk to you all day, uh, but <laughs> as, I, as we do so from time to time. I want, I'd like to wrap it up by you telling us about your business, about your products. How do we find you? Like give us, um, you know, give us a little bit about Bougie Body and some of the products that, that, um, that you have and, and how it can help. Body butters. I have the absolute best body screw on the planet. Okay. And I, you can. I'm talking about better than your favorite body screw. Okay? <laughs> you better call them out. <laughs> I won't say any names, but it's phenomenal. But um, my body butter, I like you said, I make it with love. I do everything with integrity, so um, I don't ever send out products that I wouldn't use. If I mess up, I start over. I communicate with with my and my customers because I want them to know that their money is is good with me. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, I'm not gonna just do away with you, you know, because I have your money or try to keep it. But I make products from the heart, and I do everything with love and integrity, and. They're just wonderful products. I really don't even, I, you know, I try not to, 
toot my own horn, but toot you know, toot it. I do, <laughs> I do have receipts to back it okay, up. Okay, come on, receipts. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram at all mine nine oh one is my personal page. Bougie Body nine oh one is my business page. I'm on TikTok where you can find all of the extractions that people love. It Drea the SD is my TikTok name. So Drea you, the Drea the SD. What I don't understand. I'm missing that. SD is short for institution E S T I. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, cause I'm slow. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You yeah. also have a wonderful website where people can look at all of your products and see what you have in stock and they can order. That website is bougiebody901.com. That's B-O-U-J-I-E body901.com. Correct. Okay. And you're also in a shop. You got, you're in a shop where you do this. Where is your shop located and how do we find the, the shop? I am located inside of Love in the Hair Salon. It is on 7886 Winchester, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. That is in the Germantown area for okay. those that are familiar with Memphis. And I'm there Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. So if you're in Memphis or you're going to visit Memphis, go over there and get that cat snatch. Uh, <laughs> get your body. <laughs> okay. What is that? I do guys too. I don't just okay. Facts. Okay, that's important, right? That's really important. Great. I think that's a good thing to for people to know. So we wax all body parts, all male, female, and the in between, the non-binary people too. Y'all are welcome. <laughs> so all of there, and and uh, so we appreciate you so much for being on. We'll let you go. Thank you so much, and congratulations on being in business for almost two years. You've been six months in full time. That is huge. I celebrate you. Beautiful black woman. We're celebrating and highlighting <clears throat> black businesses. And so this has been our Apex highlight. Thank you so much. Our very first one. Looking forward to more. Go support our business, y'all. Um, anything else you want to leave the people with before we before we wrap up? I mean, just when you come, if you ever come to, to the salon, the vibe and the ambiance is there. So, I mean, you'll come back just for the record. Just know just, that to be true. It's I mean, it, it's a vibe. Well, you're a vibe friend, so you vibe on, okay? <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Wishing you all the best. I will talk to you soon, okay? All right. All right, talk bye. Bye. We will be right back with our motivational moment. As we wrap up the show today, I'm going to end with a motivational moment. And so I want to encourage you to just do it. There comes a time where our planning and the pontificating and the dreaming has to end, right? On a, any given project. There's a, um, you're supposed to plan during the planning stage, but there's a time for action where all the planning, all the talking has to end and we have to move. And you can only do that by putting one foot in front of the other, taking one step at a time, one bite at the apple, one movement forward, one leap forward, right? And so I want to encourage you uh, to plan during the planning stages, 
But when it's time to move, sometimes you just have to do it. You may not have all the answers. You may not uh, know what you're doing. You may have lots and lots of questions. And it's okay, right? But the goal is um, achieving the mission. And there's only one way to do that, right? There's a shift. There has to be a shift between planning and thinking about it and doing it. This podcast is a living, breathing example of that. I've been talking about doing a podcast. I've heard I should do a podcast. Even, you know, planned and pontificated for a while. But it came a time where I had to just leap. To just do it. To just get it done. And so there was a transition from planning to moving. And this is my very own just do it moment. And I encourage you to do the same. So whatever it is that you're dreaming about, whatever that idea is, whatever that passion is, I just encourage you today to just do it. Get out there. Take the step. We heard from Andrea today at Bougie Body, and we talked about how uh, there was a need uh, for products and for estheticians, and um, she just did it. And we'll talk to others about some of the same things in the future, Um, but you can do it, and the time is now. Take the leap, take the jump, and just do it. We'll be right back as we wrap up. Well, friends, it is a wrap. This is our very first episode of Lawyer-ish, a podcast for the people. Thank you so much for joining this fantastic voyage. I appreciate you guys so much. This is a dream come true. Shout out to our producers at Blackground International, all of my friends who helped me flush this idea out and who challenged me just to move forward. I want to thank Juan and Cheyenne and Brent and Andrea, uh, who helped me come up with a name. I pieced it all together, and we have come up to this point. It's amazing to see uh, this actually come to life. I want to thank you all so much. Shout out to the folks um, who created this wonderful song, this classic, uh, fantastic voyage, uh, Lakeside. Blessings to them. They're legends. And uh, they're responsible for our vibe today. And so we want to thank them for that. Remember, we're powered by Apex Group, where aptitude meets excellence. Until next time, friends, be well.